Today on the Week in IndyCar and the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, we have an old friend of the show who has a slightly different place to call home since the last time we had young Alex Pelot on the line. How you doing, my man? How's uh, life upgrading to one of the big three IndyCar teams? Hey, Marshall, how you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> Not as good honest. as you. I'm- I know, I know. I'm in the best moment I could be right now. So yeah, I'm super lucky. Um, yeah, I'm super, super happy to be in the position I am now. Well, we've got a lot of great questions for you, variety of them all over the place, whether it's new team, whether it's super formula, got some coffee and a cafe talk to do here. Why don't we, why don't we start with a bit of a general question and I know we had a couple people ask this uh, in their questions, so I wanted to consolidate them. Tell us about this road to moving to Chip Ganassi Racing. Is this something you'd been working on for a while? Did this come a little bit out of the blue? How did this transition happen for you? Yeah, so it's been it's been a crazy journey. I think uh, it's been a tough year, um, just with all the COVID stuff and. Not so much testing or free practice, um, but we we made it uh, sooner than I expected for sure. And all this started as always. It starts uh, something really small, like an introduction. Um, I think it started during the Indy 500, which was, I think, a good two weeks of testing and qualifying for me. Uh, not the race result, but at least we were putting our name up there. Uh, and then I think just like bit before St. Pete that everything started moving so quickly um, and then suddenly we made it just after St. Pete so it's not like uh, it was clear for three or four months um, so it was something quite new and, and yeah happy that I made it um, you never know if the talks are going to be um, good and successful or not but um, yeah I'm feeling super lucky you are that's the thing, and that's one of the reasons I believe fans are really going to enjoy getting to know you more with a higher-profile team. Uh, that smile is always on your face. And while we, as either reporters, fans, whomever it might be, don't possess your talent uh, and, and can't really know what it's like to be you from an athletic standpoint, I think a lot of folks are very, very capable of understanding what it's what it's like to be in a situation like this and that kind of starstruck feeling of like holy cow here's a guy who is so thankful and appreciative that it feels like one of us has almost had this opportunity happen yeah it's crazy it's crazy marshall like i never thought i would be in the position i am now um like being part of of the biggest or one of the biggest teams in indycar and yeah i think I, i was I, I've been lucky with Chip, to be honest. Like he had so much faith in me, like putting me in one of the best cards in in the in the series, and with so much history behind that number. Um, and he just wants to make that number ten shine again, and hopefully I can learn as much as possible from my teammate um, and my teammates, um, and hopefully we can make it happen. Let's get kicked off here with some formal questions. Uh, first one will go with Jordan Darwin. Says Alex. What was it like Monday at Barber Motorsports Park doing a track walk with Dario from Katie and Jimmy Johnson? And Dario told me it was at like 6.40 in the morning. So uh, what yeah. was that like? Was that surreal? 
it was surreal. And they told me, oh, we meet you tomorrow at 6.30 at the hotel lobby to do a drug walk. And I was like, oh, are you joking, right? And he was like, no, no, for real. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'll be there for sure. <laughs> so 6.25, I was there just in case. Um, but yeah, it was it was super nice. Um, it was the first time I met uh, Dario and, and Jimmy, like in, more like in person and talking. Um, so it was good to get to know them, uh, to to know what a seven NASCAR Cup champion um, thinks about while doing a track walk. And obviously it's a brand new thing for, for Jimmy to be thinking about turning right and left and heartbreaking and high-speed corners um, on an Indy car. But yeah, it's super cool. They are really cool guys. And, and yeah, I'm trying to learn uh, from these two champions. Another question here from Brian Smith asking about how excited you might be to share debriefs and just the whole technical side with Scott Dixon. And also was curious if you had a feel for what uh, Jimmy Johnson was like in that scenario as well. Yeah. So unfortunately this year um, with the pandemic and, and all that stuff, um, it's super difficult to get all the team together, but obviously, yeah, we share all the debriefs. Um, which is super good for me. Um, I can just listen how Scott, uh, Jimmy, and also Marcus, how they talk, because all of them, they have uh, so much experience in, in like different areas. Um, and it's, it's, it's really good for me. I've never been in the position of learning so much from, from a teammate. And it's not like I have one good teammate. It's like I have three really good teammates. Um, and Dario as well, which is there uh, helping all the time. But... It's it's really good to to be able to learn from the champion um, how he talks um, how he tells the team what he needs uh, from the car and how he really feels the car it's it's amazing um, so yeah I was surprised about that um, so yeah lucky me wow let's go to Barry Lee says Alex tell us about walking in to the Chip Ganassi Racing Building for the first time. Says, what was the first thing that you saw that proved uh, these boys are serious about winning with their IndyCar program? Trophies. <laughs> no, it's it's crazy. As soon as you walk in, um, first of all, it's a big facility, right? Um, then you walk in and you see all those trophies and all cars, um, and it's you already feel like at home. You already feel like ready uh, to put in the work and and go for those wins. Um, and then you start seeing um, all the people that it's working there. Um, and if you talk with uh, the people that it's uh, the mechanics, the engineers, with the people that it's just uh, thinking about the logistics, the social media guys, um, they are always with the same mindset and they always uh, and all know that they are here to win. And that's what um, they think about it all day. And that's a big change that I never felt before. Um, it's not that other teams doesn't want to win, but this team is like, this team is made to win and everybody knows it. And they have all the resources um, enough to to be the best. And, and yeah, it's good. I think it's a good mindset to have, um, not only for the driver, but also for everybody working on the team. Let's go to, where shall we go? Uh, Mitsuki Matsura says, Hey guys, congratulations on your appointment as a new Chip Ganassi racing driver. Alex, I'd like to uh, ask you 
about Mr. Go. Uh, and if you can tell us if there might be any chance he would be involved with your future here at Chip Ganassi Racing. Mitsuki also says, wishing you the best of luck from Japan. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Team Go um, obviously is not going to be as involved as it was uh, this year. Um, but they are still, let's say I'm still part of the family. So Roger Yasukawa, uh, who was uh, traveling with me all the races this 2020, and he was my spotter during the ovals. Um, he's going to continue coming with me. Um, and maybe Kazumichi, um, it's going to come at some, at some race if the COVID stuff allows him. But um, yeah, so let's say I'm still part of the family, but obviously in a different role now. Um, I think we, they were the guys, uh, the older group of guys that uh, made possible for me to jump from Japan to, to the US. Um, so for sure, I'll be always um, really appreciated to them. Of course. Let's get to uh, a couple of uh, other Ganassi items here. Daniel Ingleton says, congratulations on the move. Curious about your targets for 2021. Is it a top 10 in the final standings, podiums, wins? I'll also add, have you been given any expectations from the team on what they want out of you? Thank you. Um, they never told me anything about expectations or targets. Um, I think they will at some point, um, maybe as soon as the season starts. Obviously, everybody wants to win, and that's what I'm going to work for. Um, now I, I, like, I'm going to have the... I'm going to be driving with a championship uh, winning team. So um, the car, there's no doubt that the car is going to be quick always. It's going to be up there and, and the crew is going to be always good. Um, so, yeah, I think it's all up to me now. Um, I would like to, to win the championship, but I would be pleased um, with learning as much as possible from Scott, being up there, winning some races uh, and finishing, I think, like, um, I don't know. I want to win. So I don't want to say like, I would be happy finishing top five because you never know. Um, maybe, uh, you're not going to be happy with a top five. Maybe you, maybe you will be super happy with a top six. So, um, let's say that we want to win as many races as possible and that's going to put us in a good shape for the final standings. You mentioned your car, the number 10 Honda. What is it like, Alex? going from a team at Dale Coyne Racing where we're not surprised if they win one race a year, maybe two, but everyone knows they're a smaller team. They don't have the resources of the bigger team. Wins are not something that are really expected everywhere you go. What is it like for you going to a team where you know Scott can win, you can win, Marcus can win, This car, these cars from this team can win, every single race what does that do for you either mentally is that pressure is that a positive is it a oh crap i better live up to this how do you receive that because chip's line i like winners it's for a reason he's i like winners is also a way of saying i don't like losers <laughs> exactly yeah so it's it's pressure for sure but um i take it as a super good and positive pressure um i'm not gonna be uh, thinking uh, if the car is going to be okay or not. I'm going to know that the car is going to be okay. Maybe sometimes it's, it's not good enough. It's not the best, um, but maybe it's good enough for P3, and that's where 
I will need to step up and try to win it. Um, but I know that the car is going to be there all, all year. And look at Scott uh, at, at the team at the beginning of this year with the aero screen, with all the difficulties. They won like four in a row, which is crazy. Um, so the car is going to be good. Um, I'm going to know that obviously Chip um, likes winners and he, he is the first. I think he's one of the first things that he told me and I love it. Um, I think everybody likes winners and and that's what I have to do. So it's it's a good uh, a good pressure. It's I think it's more like a motivation. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to winning the first race. I'll work as hard as possible, as hard as I can, and learning again from Scott. Um, I think how he handles the races, it's it's amazing. Um, so yeah, hopefully, I'll be I'll be able to to win some races. Why don't we go to Andy Merrick? I love this question. It says Alex. If you think of your test day at Barber uh, or any other tests, what thoughts go through your mind in various sessions? Do you think? Is this something where you're actively thinking while you're driving? Are you talking to yourself about driving techniques and breaking points or encouraging yourself? Curious how much conversation is going on with yourself while you are, uh, say, on a test day. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, So it depends a lot on on the situation, on the track, on the moment. But let's say uh, the Barber test, it was a new track for me, a new team for me. Um, You want everything to be as smooth as possible. So I was basically all morning uh, trying to work with myself, uh, not focusing so much on the car. So trying to uh, see where all the the bumps where, uh, where the brake references were, um, trying to watch as much as possible on data, uh, the brakes, how, how does uh, Scott and Marcus uh, brake at that particular corner? How can I improve that? So in the morning, yeah, you are all the corners saying like, oh, Alex, no, this is too early. Oh, oh no, this is too much. So that's this is real. Like you're talking to yourself a lot. So then when you go uh, that following lab, you 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 already know like uh, you did it bad, so you know you have to break in in another uh, point or something. So yeah, um, and then in the afternoon was more like uh, okay, now I know how this car works. I know how does it feel on the braking, how how strong is the front, how strong is the rear, um, and then you start uh, thinking more about the car. And trying to ask yourself, okay, what do I need to to go quicker? So yeah, I think I spend lots of time uh, talking to myself. I think everybody does, and and I think it works. So it's it's always easier if you say, okay, Alex, this is good, but what do you need now to to go a bit quicker? And yourself, it's gonna say like, oh no, you need more front, or oh no, the rear, um, it's sliding too much. So yeah, we spend a lot of time uh, talking to ourselves. Good. Just don't argue with yourself. Shut up. No, no you shut up. Time. When I get yeah. out of the car, I'm going to kick your ass. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's get into some oval questions here. First one from our pal John Wojnar says, Alex, what was it like making the Fast 9 at the Indy 500 on your debut and hitting almost 240 miles an hour at the end of the straights? Thank you, John. Um, that was surreal, making it to Fast 9. I was so nervous um, just because I was not used to going out on qualifying four laps where you feel that pressure, like everybody's looking at you just because you're the only one at track. 
Um, I knew that my car was super quick, but we were, I think we were starting like 23rd or something like that. And the the track was not super quick. So I was a bit scared of like, oh man, maybe track conditions are not uh, super good to make it uh, to the fast nine. But we made it, but I made it, I think, seventh or eighth. So I was like for two hours waiting, looking at the TV and seeing all the lap times um, and seeing all other drivers trying to make it to fast nine. And I was like, Dale, please, if somebody beats us, can we go out again? Um, so, yeah, it was a lot of stress. Um, then during fast nine, I was more relaxed. And I was really, I think I was super confident that we were going to um, take Polo at least first row. And we were going to do that. But obviously we had um, a weight checker issue, which things happen. Um, but yeah, we made it to Fast 9, which was really good for me uh, and for the team. I know that that stood out for a lot of folks. So yeah, that's uh, a nice little statement maker right there. Let's go to our pal Jameen Tuttle again. Says, Alex, you seem pretty comfortable in the ovals this season. Were you as comfortable as you looked? And also asks, are you looking forward to another chance at some of the places like Texas and Indy and so on with the Ganassi team, which tends to do very well on the big ovals? Yeah, so I was I was surprised how confident or comfortable I was um, on on the ovals this year. Texas, no, Texas, I was not confident at all. It was a one day event. Um, I had like half a day of testing at Texas, so <laughs> I didn't really enjoy. I didn't enjoy anything about that race. There was, was some like self-talk going on there each oh lap. My God. Ah! Yeah, no, no. I like man the the amount of I I was holding the the steering wheel so strong every lap, every corner, every second. Um, like I was the the following day, even if I couldn't really finish the race, um, I was beat down, like I was done. Um, and that was all the stress that was going on. And yeah, I didn't really enjoy Texas. I like the track, but I didn't really enjoy uh, a one day event in my IndyCar debut. Um, but yeah, the rest of it, um, Iowa was really good. Uh, we even qualified P7 or P6 in one race, which was like, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> then Indy 500, amazing. Uh, it's my best mo- memory and my worst memory of the year. Mm. Um, and then Gateway was was a bit hard for everybody. Like with the passing was was tough. But, yeah, I enjoy ovals. I cannot wait to, to go back. Texas, I'm looking forward to Texas. Uh, Chip had a really good uh, car there and we're having two races. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really enjoying a lot of ovals, um, uh, but I still need to get a bit more comfortable, I think, on racing. Um, I think at Indy 500, I picked up some confidence, like overtaking quite a lot of cars, but um, I still need a little bit more. I mean, you've done, you know, not many of them. So yeah, you can't be too hard on yourself here. Uh, last General 500 question comes in from my Sosely. says, Alex, I thought your Indy 500 helmet was awesome and really appreciated your reasons for the design. Can you share some insights about that, Alex? Because maybe not everybody knows what you chose to do for your Indy 500 helmet. Yeah, thank you. Um, I love it. I keep it here. I'm going to keep it forever. And it's going to be my first Indy 500 helmet. Um, and the first helmet that I do a different design to my normal design, let's say. So I have lots of 
good memories with that helmet. Um, I did choose for people that doesn't know. I did uh, just made, let's say, my design, but with uh, uh, an American flag colors, um, and it was all matte. I think it was it was really good. It was looking good, and it I did that just because I wanted to show everybody that I really enjoyed um, moving to the U.S. It was more than a dream. It was something I wanted to do, um, even if it, if it was uh, professionally or personally. I wanted to live at some point here in the U.S., and I'm super glad to be here, super lucky to be able to make this move. Um, so, yeah, that's why I choose to do that. I don't know what we're going to do this year. Um, I mean, 2021, but I'm sure we will do something cool as well. You need to go back and do one of Chip's retro Indy 500 helmets from that's his handful of starts, right? There you go. I, that's a good idea. Thank you, Marshall. Uh, tell us about living in uh, Austin, Texas. Um, I And I'm curious why you might have chosen Austin, Texas. Um, I, I really enjoy living here. Um, I'm going to tell you the story behind. Uh, Austin was the first city I visited in the U.S. I came here for a race in World Series at Coda, um, and I was just in love. I, I was, I was like looking at the trees. Oh my God, these trees! And there's no, not too many trees in Texas. But yeah, I was like, oh, look at these people. They are so good with me. Um, I even went to a Dunkin' Donuts for the first time <laughs> in my life, drive-through. I wanted to take some some donuts in the morning and some coffee. But you know what happened? The lady told me, oh, no, the car in front just paid for your order and told me for you to have a good day. And I was like, oh, my God, is this happening all day in the U.S.? The fun fact is that I never got that thing again. Like I never had somebody paying for my coffee. But that that thing that that lady, oh, boy, I don't know what happened there, but uh, made me so happy that I wanted to live here in, the, in, in Texas, in Austin. So, yeah, that's why I choose Austin. I love it. Um, but generally, I'm going to be moving to, to Indianapolis just to be uh, closer to the team and, and working every day uh, with them. So let's stay on Austin for one more moment. It's known for being a beautiful place, whether it is music, food, entertainment, nightlife. What, are you, what have you found and enjoyed there among all the uh, offerings that make Austin such a, a unique place in this country? Yeah, so unfortunately this year, obviously, I was, I am still so scared and I want to be so careful with uh, COVID that I don't really go and do all the stuff that I would like to. Um, but I have to say that food, I enjoy a lot of food and, and the way that people um, live here, uh, the way that uh, when you go to, to a coffee shop or to a supermarket, the way that people uh, seems happy, seems like really really open to everything and and I, it's not i'm not saying that other places they don't do that uh, just because i never had the chance to to really visit and and enjoy a part of like uh, the racetrack um but yeah it's something that i really enjoyed also weather was good here i didn't want to live in in the cold chicago which i know in the summer is good but in the in the um, in the winter, in the winter yeah. is too cold. And I'm from Spain, so we have to take that in mind. <laughs> if you put me at minus something Celsius, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go out of, of my apartment uh, just because I can't handle it. <laughs> Smart man. Uh, let's go to Alexandra LaRoque, who says, Alex, 
can you share any advice, maybe really good pieces of advice you might have received this past season that helped you adapt to IndyCar? Ah, interesting. Mm-mm. Did Santino say, give yeah. you some advice, always be behind me or anything like that? <laughs> always be slower or something maybe? No, he didn't. He didn't. Um, he tried, but he didn't. Yeah. Um, no, um, I think the best one that so many people told me, and the first guy to told me that was Juan Pablo Montoya, um, was to have uh, always respect to the ovals, to the track. Um, I think that was coming from my first test at Texas that I said, oh man, I was so good. I mean, I was so comfortable that I could just trim the car out and, and go quicker for sure. And he was like, hey, yeah, yeah, slow down, man. Like, this is this is an oval and you have to have respect for that. I didn't really understand what he was meaning when he told me that. But yeah, I understand it now. Um, and I, I think you have to have a lot of respect for the ovals. For the IndyCar in general, I don't think I had like one, only one uh, thing that I could tell you now that would be useful. But yeah, the oval thing, it's it's true. You have to have a lot of respect. Montoya is the best. There Montoya is no is nonsense best, yeah. with him. I love the guy. He is never going to tell you any nonsense. It's oh the best. Oh, my God. I love him as well. It is what it is, right? Exactly. Mr. Uh, it is what it is. <laughs> I learned that from listening to the show, so that's why. <laughs> I'm a listener, uh, by the way. You're crazy. Yeah. I know you're crazy. It, it was uh, It was five years ago or six years ago. I forget where. I, I, I forget exactly what year. But Montoya, again, who, when he's speaking to the media in front of a microphone, in front of a camera, he closes himself down pretty good. You get him away from that, he's the funniest guy in the world, just rips people apart. I love, seriously, yeah. a, a personal conversation with Juan is the highlight of the day. But get him in front of the cameras or some kind of official you know, media function, and you don't get that. So we were. It was the Sonoma IndyCar season finale. He's sitting with, I guess, the top five or six drivers uh, going into you know who's going to win the championship type media uh, deal that they were holding. And he fired off the perfect line uh, at the end of the day. It is what it is. And I'm like, yeah. that's amazing. You just put if the it is. you. At the end of the day, I hate that phrase. But anyways, he managed to say absolutely nothing using the best possible uh, phrases that he could. At the end of the day, it is what it is. I I almost gave myself a high five. It was just a <laughs> magical moment. I'm like Montoya, you're the best. Oh, yeah, he's he's the man. He's the man. And to be honest, yeah, I I I know what you mean about as soon as you talk with him like personally on the phone or or face to face he's he's amazing it's he tells you stories and the way he speaks and the way he lives everything he's telling you it's it's really nice good man there let's get to a couple questions alex about super formula first one is from duncan butcher says super formula versus indycar curious if you can tell us was one car more fun to drive than the other and also uh asks are there drivers you think from IndyCar that might be good in Super Formula? And were there any Super Formula drivers you competed against you think might be good over here in IndyCar? Um, yeah, so more fun to drive. For a driver, um, I would say 
10 times uh, more IndyCar. Just because the way you have to drive the car, the way the car moves, um, you have no power steering here in IndyCar, and we do have power steering in Super Formula. So you don't really get, like, let's say, 100% of, of the feeling that the car is doing uh, when you have power steering, which makes your life easier during the race. But, yeah, it's not as fun. Also, one thing I love is that you can... Uh, you have front and rear anti-roll bars on IndyCar that you can adjust inside the cockpit um, during a race or during qualifying. Um, and Super Formula, uh, the setup you have, is it, this is what you have. So you have to drive it. Um, and yeah, um, I think IndyCar drivers that will be good in Super Formula, I think all of them, to be honest. The level here, it's, it's amazing. But I would say um, New Garden, Hertha, Dixon, of course, Dixon. Like, come on. You think um, Dixon's okay? I'm not sure. He's got a little bit to sure. prove before we, we say he's okay at driving. Let's let's give him like one or two years, um, and I'll <laughs> tell you. But I think he could be good. No, but um, yeah, I think Herta Herta would be really good just because he's used to, um, let's say, like uh, trying to put a lot of speed on high speed corners. I'm sure that Joseph as well. Um, just for things I heard. Um, so yeah, these two guys, I think they will be really, really good. What about coming this way? Are there any drivers you went up against in Super Formula where you said, "Hmm, that that, that person has some talent that might be uh, might be worthy of uh, performing an IndyCar?" Difficult to say as well, just because they are so good uh, in Japan, just because they have like seven race tracks in Japan. So they they've been racing those tracks for like. 10, 15 years, uh, so they know every bump, every curb, everything from that track, um, and also from the car, so they are, like, amazing there. Um, the thing is, I don't know what would happen if you take uh, Yamamoto, which is, like, Scott Dixon from Japan, and you take him here. Um, I don't really know. I would like to see that. Um, but, yeah, they are they are really good. The level there in Japan, uh, it's really high, and maybe it's just because the They've been racing so so many years in in the same tracks, but then you see uh, young kids like Fukuzumi or Makino that they go to F2 and they they still win there. So I think they they have a really good uh, level there in Super Formula. Awesome. Let's see where else shall we go here? Uh, Kevin Frederico also asks uh, some of the similar questions about. Uh, Super Formula. What do we go to David Piles? Who says congratulations on the season you had and your new drive? Says you have uniquely raced in Europe, Japan, and the U.S. So, with your very informed opinion, where are the best racetracks found in the world? Uh, is it Europe? Is it Japan? Is it the USA or some of the above? Thank you for uh, the new team. Um, I would say not Europe. I don't like. Uh, racetracks in Europe just because you with the track limit stuff and and the way they put the curbs so it's like it's not a real racetrack just because you can just uh, go out uh, smoke the brakes and you it's not gonna happen anything and then you go to Japan and it's like the US so I think they are really really close and they are really similar uh, in terms of like uh, runoff areas and stuff like that so um I think the U.S. have lots of good trucks, like Road America. Oh, my God, that's a real good truck. Uh, Barber. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love Barber. 
Um, but then also in Japan, they have really nice ones. So Suzuka, uh, man, Suzuka is super nice. Um, they have also Sugo. Um, so yeah, they have really good trucks. I would stick to the US um, just because you have uh, so many different options. Um, but I have to say that in Japan, they, they, are, they are good as well. Absolutely. Where else shall we go here? Ooh, that's an interesting one. Ryan Terpstra asks, is there a particular track in 2021 where you think you have your best chance of getting your first win? And is there also a track that uh, you would love to be the place where you get your first win? And I'll go ahead and remove the Indy 500 because we know everyone wants to win the Indy 500. But yeah. Is there a place you feel like that's my best chance? And is there a place you say that I'd, I'd love for that to be the first? So obviously I think that the best place for me would be uh, Mid-Ohio, Road America, places where I've been this, this year in DGP. Um, but I'm looking forward to St. Pete as well. I think we were running quite good at St. Pete. Um, and I know that uh, we're going to have a really good car there. It's going to be the first race. So how awesome would it be to go there and win the first race that you do with a new team? which it's going to be super tough and super tight. But, yeah, if, if you ask me one, which one you want to win, uh, the first one for sure. I love it. Uh, where else? We're getting down to the final questions here. Uh, Caleb Gerald asks, what's your favorite Honda road car? Um, and do you have a, uh, a particular daily driver that you're fond of? Yeah, so at the moment I drive a Honda Passport. Uh, brand new from this year which is really nice um, really comfy um, which one I would like uh, on that I would like to own an NSX but the first gen so like 1990 Ooh, um, yeah those good cars, man I know I know so maybe someday you can see some of them in Japan um, I didn't see any here in the US I'm sure there's there's a lot but um, yeah I would like to own one of them um, they, they look really nice, really nice. And the history behind that car as well. Um, I think it's quite cool. Look at that. Well, hopefully you put that in your contract, your first win, uh, you get a, <laughs> a, a zero miles, 91 NSX, uh, waiting for you when you land. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> let's get into coffee. Uh, let's, let's, All right. let's get into coffee here. we got two questions. One from our pal, Harisha Deshpan says, any fun stories you can share about your cafe? How, what kind of coffee do you like? How do you like to prepare your coffee? So tell folks about this. This isn't just a, uh, a minor thing that you like going to Dunkin' Donuts for. There's, there's a little bit of business involved here. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, the story behind is that uh, together with my girlfriend, I think 2018, um, summer 2018, we opened a coffee shop uh, near Barcelona. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been, it's been an, a nice journey, to be honest. We did, we decided that just because we wanted to have something together and something that allowed us to, to, to travel together as well, to be, to have something a part of racing. And, and yeah, I think it was a good idea that we made. Um, yeah, I like my coffee black. Um, so it would be, if it's, uh, espresso, so it would be like, uh, an Americano, which is just espresso with uh, water, uh, drip coffee. Um, I don't really like milk in, in there. Um, I sometimes 
to drink those types of coffee, but it's they are not my favorite. And then funny story. Oh, man, there are so many. Like, just imagine me trying to learn how to make coffees at the beginning um, with with baristas and me being like, no, man, I cannot do this with the milk <laughs> just because they 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 draw with the milk and it's it's crazy. So, yeah, um, there's a lot of funny stories. I think my best story is like, obviously, um, I, I, I never worked there, but sometimes I, I used to help um, and I know. I was coming from a race um, and and I think my girlfriend contracted a new girl. So I went there and the lady was like, oh, do you work here as well? And I was like, uh, yeah, kind of. I think <laughs> I'm like, I'm the, <laughs> I'm the boyfriend of the, of your boss. So yeah, I, I work. Oh, okay. So yeah, it was, it was a funny story just because oh, the moment and you had to see the face of the girl um, just because all the girls that are working there are, also older than me and it's it's quite uh it's quite interesting so yeah how funny so knowing that you have this business how much time is this uh taking for i guess since you're playing race car driver and not being very good at holding up your end of the bargain alex um (laughs) how much time is your girlfriend putting in and uh, we're not going to talk money, but I mean, is this something where you go, Hey, this is successful enough where maybe you open a second one or a third one, or, or are you just happy with the one? Um, so not, it's not taking time for me. Uh, now I think at the beginning, yeah, it was, but, uh, then we have a, a manager that is managing there. Um, and my girlfriend is like the, the brain and is she's the boss. She's, she's managing everything. So, I'm lucky enough, so I just take the good parts of it, um, and I don't really have to think about uh, about it that much. Um, and no, um, it was the plan to like open more because it's it's a good business. But obviously, you have to decide. Okay, what do you want to do? You want to be a, a barista, or you want to be like a really good race car driver? So um, yeah, probably we're gonna stick with with only one. Um, we could open more for sure, but maybe that's too much headache. And especially now with uh, with COVID, it's it's not the right time, I would say. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's really good. It helped me a lot. Um, when I was like, yeah, two years ago, so I could think of some, something else, a part of racing, just because we are really busy as race car drivers, but we have a lot of downtime as well. And if you start thinking like hundred percent of the time about races, you can go mad. Um, so I, I needed something different to think about. So yeah, it was, it was a good call. Knowing how Dixon, Dario, Marcus, everybody is just hammering the espresso every morning. Just saying, you might be wise to start a little small uh, cafe inside the Ganassi shop, a little tiny (laughs) corner in one of the transporters for everybody to go to. I might try to do something like that, like take a really good uh, coffee machine and obviously good coffee there. Um, Just because I saw they have like, yeah, the espresso machine, but yeah, that's that's not good. So when I saw that, I thought about, oh, maybe we could take a small coffee machine yep. here and, and show these boys how, how to drink coffee. That's the way to do it. Put the Keurig <laughs> away or whatever little automatic nonsense coffee machine. Yeah, exactly. I like, I like the sound of that. All right. Uh, Joey the Prius says, an extremely important question for Mr. Pillow. After your first season of living in the U.S., what's your favorite new food? you've come across in America? Ooh, um, 
Wow, it's it's tough. It's tough to say just because I was obviously when you are in Europe, you don't have so many uh, like fast food chains. So I'm a lot into like fast food chains, especially after a race. Um, I don't know why, but I need to eat something that it's really bad for you. You need grease. Your body needs to be oiled and lubricated. Exactly. So I feel that and that's the need I feel. So I really, I really love, there's two fast food chains that are, let's say, side by side battling for P1 always, um, which has to be Chick-fil-A and (laughs) Chipotle. So yeah, I love this too. Um, There's a lot of good food in the US and and not like fast food, I have to say. I I thought uh, like almost all people in Europe that there's only fast food in the US and that's that's not true. But if we're talking fast food and that's what I love eating after a race, it's got to be one of those two. So what what is your Chick-fil-A order? Uh, just the chicken sandwich, yeah, like the standard number one, with number the, one meal with the pickle or no pickle. Oh yeah, pickle. Please. Oh, just, just because it gives you something different. Ugh, oh, pickles are disgusting. You don't like it? I oh, so that's that. My wife and I will go there about once every. I don't know. We we might go there two or three times a year, and it's always okay. we always feel bad, but it tastes so damn good. She loves pickles. I don't. I'd kill the person that invented the pickle if I could. Um, <laughs> what about mayo? Do you put the mayo on? I mean, no, what? no mayo. No Chick-fil-A mayo sauce. and a pickle. No what mayo. is wrong with you? Oh my Marshall, god! Oh, we gotta you, we gotta Marshall, talk. We gotta go together. Okay. Oh well, yeah. They they won't be surprised seeing my fat ass there. They'll be surprised seeing you. Um, no. But- oh. Marshall, how can you, and you put mayonnaise and no pickle? What kind of person are you? I'm an American. My body type answers that question. So, All right, we're going to um, put that on Twitter to see what the people think. If it's better to put pickle and, and no mayo or yes, no pickle and mayo. Run a Twitter poll. If All right, Look, we've got it. an election going on at the moment right now. We may as well put this up for a, a vote as well. <laughs> um Two more questions for you. One from Jordy. He says, Alex, we don't have very many Spaniards racing in the USA these days. Obviously, Antonio Garcia, right? Uh, Yet again, new champion once more with Corvette Racing crowned over the weekend uh, in Laguna Seca. Also mentions Oriol Servia. um, Asks, what do you miss most, if anything, about not being in Spain full-time? And is curious, uh, any thoughts about your presence being one of the few Spaniards representing your uh, fine home country here in the U.S. Yeah, so what I miss the the most from Spain. So obviously my family, I miss a lot my family, uh, my sister as well, uh, that she's like really young and I, I try to FaceTime her every day. Um, but yeah, I love them so much. Um, but I don't really miss a lot from Spain, a part of bread. I have to say we have really good bread. Um, I didn't really find really good bread here. We don't do bread here. You've got to go to Europe. You got to go to France. I mean, you go to, well, the UK, not necessarily, but yes, if you go to central Europe, you're going to find, uh, bread is a real thing and it's a powerful part of people's lives where it just isn't here. Oh yeah. It's, it's like a big part. I don't know. I don't really have that uh, at home, like we don't used to uh, eat every day with bread, but most of the people you uh, they eat every day with bread uh, in the table. But yeah, bread. I would say bread. My family. That's it. 
Tell me about your girlfriend, by the way. I know in speaking with uh, Renus VK and I think one other driver as well, European driver, been over here, had their girlfriend uh, back home, wherever, and haven't been able to see one another very much. What has that situation been like for you? Yeah, so it's it's been tough. It, it was really tough at the beginning. Um, I think I spent a lot of time uh, here alone and she was there. Uh, and there was no way to take a flight or to enter to the U.S. Um, but now she's here. She's here. She's going to be here until uh, maybe we go back home for Christmas. Or yeah, let's see what happens with that. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a tough it's been a tough year. But she's a really good uh, person, so she she understands, and he he still sticks here with me. So um, yeah, lucky me as well. Wow. All right, let's. Uh... Let's close the show here with a good friend of the show, J.J. Gertler. He's always bringing something fun. He says, Marshall, do you think it's a coincidence that the letters in your name, Alex Palo Montalbo, can be, can be rearranged to spell Lola be on a Max Outlap? He says, and would Max Outlap be a good racing nickname for Alex? Oh, I kind of, I like where he's going here. He shuffled up. Wow the letters in your name to come up with Max Outlap as a nickname. Wow. Do you like that's... that? And do you have any other nicknames we don't know about uh, that might be better or worse? I don't really, I don't really have uh, nicknames, but you can call me whatever you want. I'll be happy with whatever you tell me. But I see where he's going. Yeah, it's, but, wow, he, he had to put the name and reverse it. But, yeah, I like it. I like it. So if you come up with a good nickname that everybody likes here in the show, I'll be happy to have it. Um, maybe if I really love it, put it on my helmet. Who knows? Max, um, out, hashtag Max Outlap. <clears throat> Max that, Outlap. I think, yeah. I mean, that, that almost sounds like a kind of a futuristic wasteland warrior something like that you know i mean maybe a little bit mad max but a, you know a little bit nicer without the australian accent max outlap yeah you're you're blowing stuff up with some sort of laser gun that's at least what i'm picturing here so that's good i like it i like the idea for sure <sighs> well congratulations on honestly man i i'm struggling to think of very many instances where a driver has gone from being brand new to IndyCar with nobody, at least here in the U.S., in IndyCar having any knowledge of you and your career to within a little more than a year of signing to do your first season of IndyCar, graduating to the brand new Defending Series champions. This is, it's remarkable. It's well-deserved. And I think that there's a, you're going to have a lot of fans rooting for you to succeed there. So crazy story, man. I hope you get a moment it's to crazy. just uh, bring it, drink it all in, breathe it all in. Uh, this kind of stuff doesn't happen very often. Yeah, thank you so much, Marshall. Yeah, I, it's crazy to think about it, and I still cannot believe it. But I'm super lucky that so many people have confidence in me. So it's time... Uh, for me now to give back to all the people that's been trusting in me so many years and especially now Chip like come on man <laughs> he's giving the champion car to to a guy like me so yeah I'm gonna take that opportunity and make it work I've been Marshall Pruitt that's Alex Pillow we're gonna say thank you to Cooper Tires and the Justice Brothers TorontoMotorsports.com Bell Racing Helmets USA we'll speak to you 
next week. <laughs>